From Ephesians, the second chapter, from the King James translation, I draw your attention to the 14th verse. Might have sent 19. Listen closely. For he is our peace who hath made both one and had broken down, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Would you read that out loud with me, please? Thank you for going back. For he is our peace. Read with me. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning. And for those of you that are educators, those of you that are teachers, those of you that love grammar, love English, I take the platform this morning after a professor, a teacher, and my mother who is in heaven today was an educator and she worried about my abuse of the king's English. So today I choose in the presence of the educators and the professors and all of you smart people and in the presence, if my mother is listening, to butcher again the king's English and to form my own word that I will call wall terror downers. That is not in the dictionary. It is in George's dictionary. Thank you. There's one man in here who stands with me. I know another one. His name is Rick McNeely because I've heard him butcher it as well. Look at your neighbor and say, wall terror downer. Look at him again and say, wall terror downer. In an article that was dissected from a writer by the name of Alex de Torville entitled America the Rootless, this much quoted author wrote about America in its early days. He described it as a country of joiners who banded together to build communities and strengthen each other's lives. The newspaper said, we are becoming a nation now of strangers who are characterized by isolation and disconnection. We shop and work miles from where we live we drive from place to place on crowded roadways, cocoon in our houses at night, and build one-way emotional attachments with the faces on our television. We hardly know any of our neighbors, but build sometimes intimate relationship with strangers on the internet whom we will never meet face to face. This increasing isolation of America has been linked to a century-long withdrawal from religion. There are notable exceptions, of course. Some of us are involved with churches where the worship is contagious and the people are connected and friendly, even with strangers. Listen closely. But beyond the sanctuary walls, out in our communities, beyond the church property, many people don't know about the place that we come to on Sunday and most would feel uncomfortable possibly entering unfamiliar church buildings. This morning as I walked in, I met the pastor in the back foyer in wet clothes. At first that would have concerned anybody that walked in. Just think if somebody would have walked in and had never met Pastor Rick and he's standing in the middle of the floor dripping. 
Look at your neighbor and say, that's my pastor. Look at him and say, that's my pastor. You, you never know what he's going to be doing. Somebody said amen. Listen, I've been in Trinidad with him when he'll walk off and leave you in the middle of an airport. By yourself and you're in customs. I got on into the foyer and I hugged this gentleman and he was nice to me. I jerked on him a little hard and he said, now watch it. Then I hugged another guy and said, it's good to see you. He said, good to see you. Hugged me. I mean, just grabbed a hold of me. Since the last time I saw him, he had a, I'm sure he's had a little scruff growing. Didn't notice the scruff the last time I was here. I met a beautiful brunette at the Welcome Center. She was friendly. She smiled. I had this cool-looking, Louisiana-looking dude at the front door. He had a cowboy hat on and shades, a gold cross, cowboy boots. Now, that's my kind of man. That's the kind of church I won't go to. Where the pastor's wet in the back for you. Where you got this real prim and proper man leading you through the foyer whose daughter just accepted, a, a granddaughter just accepted a scholarship to LSUA to play soccer. And she's now wearing purple and gold. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but then I hugged that Shook the hand of that pretty brunette, and then I hugged that, that, that brother. I want you to know, I want that cowboy hat. That's me. That's what I do. That's what I am. I looked at his cowboy boots. Y'all need to check his cowboy boots out. They're really not cowboy boots, though, because cowboy boots have a certain smell to them. <laughs> those had a shiny glow. More of us are familiar with the half-empty, seeming, irrelevant, tired churches scattered on street corners through the land, ministering to the faithful, but having little impact on their neighborhoods or the generations that now dominate our society. I'm talking about wall terror downers. The people of Generation X and the baby rumors are assuming major roles and responsibilities throughout our culture, but they have brought along their lifelong commitment to a religionless age. Slowly, God has been shunned and pushed aside and removed from the innermost and most intimate relationships of our life. Amen. He has somewhat emerged as a part of a lifestyle that used to be. Morals have become relatively low, leaving vulgarity and violence to run rampant. Many of our lives have no secure anchors and our souls have become rootless. The result is a nation of lonely people described best by one word and that is this, empty. We go to churches that we used to feel the presence of God in. We go to schools where there used to be peace and harmony. Now there's chaos. Nobody has a direction. The guidelines of our great nation and our great country are in question. And the church has been affected most greatly. The empty self is soothed. We find some relief for ourselves in becoming filled up with food, consumer products, celebrities. We have allowed ourselves to become empty with advertising even if you can believe this, the church has begun to embrace, and I talk about internationally and nationally, the church has become about a self-help system instead of a God-help system. We become very dependent on what we can do and what we can offer. We've introduced psychotherapy into the church as opposed to the blood of Jesus and the cross of Calvary. We've lost our vision for what the Spirit of God would lead us to do, and we've decided that we best invite him to do what we've allowed him only to do. We have given him obscure rooms in our houses, 
obscure rooms even in our churches to move freely in. The gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are things that nobody really understands much of anymore because it's all about what I feel is best and what I perceive is most important. Too often the sincere Christians are pushed aside and we have now allowed the church to be manipulated by marketers, politicians, and spiritual leaders even that offer products for sale. And you can now go on the television and get your $5.95 blessing on sale this week for $3.95 if you'll just buy four Bibles to go with it. I'm not critical, I'm observant. I'm talking about wall terror downers. I'm reminding you that you and I and the place in which we stand today in a 99-year history of this great church is something that we should again be thankful and blessed for. I stand here today because a couple by the name of Rick and Debbie McNeely decided some 35 years ago that they were going to be wall terror downers that they were not going to allow the status quo or what they could not do in their own eyes to ever allow God to say, you can't use me. They said, we'll go and we'll follow and wherever you go, Father, that's where we're gonna go. The hours and the miles that they spent. I'm talking about some wall terror downers. And I'm gonna say this to this great house today. I'm honored to celebrate 99 years with you, but I'm more interested in this. I'm not interested in us building walls where somebody can see what we've done, but I'm interested if there's somebody in this building that'll tear down a wall and say, I'm gonna take Jesus to the street and I'm gonna go where the word of God goes. I'm thankful today for a, a service last week that something interrupted, that the program got thrown aside, that the announcements weren't important anymore, and it really didn't matter what the praise team was singing because the Holy Ghost moved in the service and somebody said, God can change a life and God can make a difference. I'm thankful for the sign I saw in the back that said overcomers, but I'm gonna tell you what, you were made an overcomer by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Can Somebody give him an ovation because he's worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory today. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I compliment you. I honor you. Look at your neighbor and say, you just something else. Now, some of you have never heard that before. Some of you didn't even, didn't even look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, you something else. See, I've never met anybody even compares to you. Well, look at him. Some of you aren't even looking at your neighbor. Look at him and say, you know, if, if you really wanted to know, you're kind of an odd duck. <laughs> look back at him one more time and say, if you don't mind me getting real plain. Now look at him, go ahead. Look at him, say, tell, tell that man, if you don't mind me getting real plain. That, okay, okay. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you're just almost weird. Because you know what? You weren't born to be normal. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a, you're a wall terror downer. While the world's building walls to separate us, our ethnicities, our, our economics, we've all got these things, our religion. Well, we gotta be here on this corner, doing this on this corner. And I wanna simply say this, Pastor Rick, and I'm gonna let this great church know today, while I drove some 500 miles or whatever it was to get here, and while today I took the wrong direction, based on my wife's phone. I want you to know there ain't a wall between here and Grace Church in Ritter because we're tearing the walls down and the Spirit of God doesn't mind. I'm telling you, God's Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've got to tear some walls down. Somebody say Amen. The responsibility of accountability. <laughs> Did you hear that? The responsibility of accountability. Nobody wants to be accountable anymore. Nobody stands up and said, I was, I, and, 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 and I'm not making light, but nobody wants to say I'm wrong. I know that's tough for men to say. Y'all didn't hear that, but I felt that. 
that was a blonde-headed woman on the front row that said, uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody wants to say, I'm responsible. Everybody says, I'm not responsible. I didn't touch it. I'm not going to be involved in that. Nobody wants to say, I'll pick it up. Most people say, that's not my job. I don't know about the state of Illinois, and I wouldn't dare. I'm not sure about this Chicago Cub and St. Louis Cardinal thing. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. All I know is that if everybody wore purple and gold, which is going to be the colors of heaven, life would be a whole lot different. That's all I'm going to say. But I know in Louisiana, when you drive down the road, that, that, then you, you see the Louisiana Highway Department, D-O-T-D, Department of Transportation and Development. There's one guy with a shovel, and there's six guys clean watching him work that shovel. Because you got a supervisor who's supervising a supervisor who is supervising a supervisor who's supervising a trainee who is watching the guy dig the ditch. And you wonder where your tax dollars are going. You see, because nobody wants the responsibility. We have made the church a union office to where we each have our specified, specific, and particular ministries. And nobody loves the ministry of commode. Most of us don't even know the brand of commode in this building. Listen, I could spell standard. Oh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know about standard? That's the brand name of a commode. Well, I didn't know that. Check yours out. I'm not sure what they are, but I, I, I know what commode brand names are. Why? Because I've been there and done that. I am the best at the ministry of commode. Oh, and I am a, a, a keen, keen teacher of the ministry of mop. But I'd prefer the ministry of pulpit. <laughs> Let me tell you what, you're, 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 you're preacher today, and I'm just going to kind of, I got to get this out of the way, and I'm talking about wall tearing downers now, you understand? To the fact that there's no difference in the commode ministry and the pulpit ministry. You ain't a pastor until you have on Sunday morning got a call that the women's bathroom was stopped up and nobody has a plunger. Could you bring one from your house and you walk in with your white starch shirt on and you can plunge that commode and not get nothing on you. You ain't a pastor till you can do that. I'm talking about wall terror downers. So this morning I get up and I'm, I, got my, I got my new suit on. This is kind of a new suit. I've only wore it about four times. And, and somebody bought it for me. Man, I'm feeling good about myself. And I had another suit hanging out that my wife didn't like that I was going to bring. And I decided at the last minute I wouldn't, wouldn't wear that suit. So I brought my new suit and, and I, put my, I put my watch in my pocket, which means I'm operating here without a watch and I can't see that clock. And so that's good. My eyes are bad, especially with that light, Pastor Rick. I can't see that clock. And I always depend, so I don't have my watch, and I didn't have my collar stays, and so I'm, I'm, I'm without my collar stays. Some of you don't know what that is, but that's what keeps my collar stayed. And, 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 so, and so then I, I didn't have my cufflinks, and I had this cufflink shirt. And so, so you see these cufflinks? You see them shining? You know what that is? That's my wife's earrings. <laughs> you got a cross-dressing preacher on the platform, baby. I'm just telling you. What I'm telling you is we got some walls got to come down. It don't matter what you wear, don't matter what color you are, don't matter where you come from, what matters is somebody got to tear some walls down and make sure the church can be what God wants it to be. Can somebody say amen? Let me remind you, people can't get to the altar if they can't get in the front door. And if you can't welcome into the front door, how are they going to be welcome at the altar? We bump into people in the parking lot. Somebody getting mad because they got your parking spot. Pastor Rick, if you let people buy their own parking spot, put their own sign, that's a good way to pay the debt off of the church. <laughs> Some of you seen times you'd pay $500 for your parking spot. Give $5 in the offering. 
I'm talking about wall tearer downers. Now stay with me. Watch this. Some of us have even said about people, they got themselves into it, let them get themselves out of it. Let me say this to you. The church ought to be in the dirt, in the mud, crawling, helping people get themselves out of it. We got to have some people that are willing to do whatever they got to do to make sure that I'm not building no wall, but that I'm tearing a wall down. And let me remind you, the best place to start at tearing a wall down is not necessarily at the top, but at the bottom. Because if you tear up the foundation, then you can be sure the wall's going to come down. And I'm telling you, it's time the world knows some people on this Oh, let me talk to you about, come on, Christ Church, to let you know today that you've been called to be a wall terror downer. I walked in, I saw the beautiful, beautiful brick rock in the foyer. Beautiful. How wonderful. But let me say it very kindly. Don't ever let the building. Pastor Karen and I drove in. I said, what a complex. Man, what a blessing. How fabulous this is. But this is not what impresses God. You're what impresses God. You're what impresses God. Stand up. I will not embarrass you. Stand up. If I had hair, I'd do that. You're what impresses God. You hear me? Life ain't fair, son. Okay, if I had that, I'd do that. But that ain't fair. You, you shade the side of your head. And I, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. You're a wall tearer downer. Whatever hat you got to put on, whatever shades you got to wear, wherever you got to go, it's time we tear the walls down and not make fun of anybody and say whatever you can do, you got to do. Am I talking to anybody today? I love what the word says here. Watch this. It says this, that it is imperative that the Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this. I'm in the message translation. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. Arlene Highfield, I honor you and Ray. And Ray's in, in Ritter today or in, in, in Louisiana the next day. And, and Della, I thank you all for, for coming today. But I want to remind you that Ray Highfield was one of the first men that stepped into the HIV-infected community and told them that Jesus loved them. The church wouldn't touch them. And Ray said, I'll love them. And Ray and Arlene have opened their homes to literally hundreds of people. Why? Because they were wall terror downers. So we can walk out of here today and say, oh, wasn't that beautiful? Did you see the lights? And that loony preacher took that guy's cowboy hat, and I can't believe Pastor Rick would let him do that. And somebody's going to say, well, we ought to have baptisms at a little, more, a little more secular time, and we ought to put it on the sign, and it ought to be limited to five minutes, and my pastor should not be drenching and wiping up the floor. He had an usher actually wiping up the floor. You see, nobody wants the towel ministry. One more time, look at the preacher and say, Preacher, are you a wall tearer downer? Jesus came to tear it down, not to build it. And what have we done? We have left the culture alone. I'm going to say this very respectfully to your political persuasion. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not an independent. I'm a Christian. And I'm going to say it very carefully. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't vote for an issue. I vote to understand that if it's the Word of God, that's what I'm going to believe. I'm not crossing your theology. Forgive me, Pastor Rick, for, 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 for maybe stepping on politics. But I simply want you to know this. If the Word of God talks about it and says it, that's where we need to start. And if you can't find a man or woman that believes what you are voting for, you need to become that person we vote for. We need some Christians that'll stand up. What does Christianity stand for? It stands for those that follow the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen? 
In this passage, I love this part. Listen closely, and I bring this to a close. Instead of continuing with a multiplicity of groups that have been separated by walls, Christ brought us together through the death on the cross. The cross gets us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to us, insiders and outsiders. <laughs> Anybody remember that word? Erlene, I know you do. We had people that were in the church or out of the church. Anybody know what that? Anybody know that? Okay, well, and, and if they came and had lipstick on at one point, now I'm not fixing to, ooh, some of you don't even know about this. But where I come from, if they had lipstick on, they were out of the church. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you, what's that mean? If you were seen coming out of a movie, you were out of the church. But if you, if you was in the altar, you was probably in the church, or there's wondering why you was in the altar and what you had done that you had to get back in the church. You know, if, 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 if you walk down to the altar, somebody's punching the neighbor, what'd they do? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. We used to even, I'm going to say this carefully, Pastor Rick, we used to, we used to even try our best to find out about people. Some, some people expected the pastor to be a policeman. And most of the church was detectives. And we ran around looking for people's car in the wrong places. And if we saw their car in the wrong place, Oh, boy, there's something going on. So we had to call up somebody because we couldn't call the pastor direct because we didn't want to be, so we had to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then, then all of a sudden, I mean, here I am wearing my wife's earrings. I remember when, I remember when she bought her first pair. My God, you know, Debbie, that was, oh, my Lord. Earlene, that was horrible. I mean, for her. Why? Because we built walls around stuff that God never built a wall around. Paul even said, if you eat this or do that or whatever, that's nothing to me. I'll respect you for it, but it has nothing to do with my salvation or your salvation. Am I talking to anybody? I'm wanting you to know it's very important that I leave you with this thought today that you and I, 99 years, cannot move forward trying to build another wall, Pastor Rick. It's high time that the baptistry becomes like the front door. And I'm going to say it very carefully that you can walk in there anytime you want to walk in there. And I'm going to say it very carefully. You don't have to have an appointment. I know this man. I know this woman. He'll baptize you 24-7. He'll be here. It don't make no difference. Why? He's not on a schedule. Listen, he's not on a schedule. I can't believe he, he, he will not come to the Ritter, Louisiana anymore. And let me tell you what he had the audacity to say to me yesterday. He's never done this till yesterday. But he got real bold yesterday. See, he's probably preached in the Ritter, what, Erlene Karen, 40 times. I'm guesstimating. Right? 40 times. You know what he said? I told him, I said, You're not, I'm not coming up here. I said, people in church said, you can't go up there again until Rick comes down here. And he said yesterday, he said, just don't forget all them times I came through there and you owe me. <laughs> That's what your man of God said. <laughs> but I'm releasing it. I'm not bound up in that because there ain't going to be no wall. But listen, to we've, we've, we've allowed walls to be set, built up over stuff less than that. Well, they didn't speak to me at church. Build a wall. Well, you know, the pastor did, but build a wall. Well, we've always done it that way. Build a wall. Some of us have got ourselves so confined in a room that all we can smell is ourselves. Amen? You ever, you ever been in the elevator with about three people? And two of them have been somewhere you ain't been? Come on. Don't, don't act like you ain't done that. Anybody ever had a bad waiter that's had a bad day and every time they reach over you? Whoo! See, we build walls. Any of us ever feel like, well, I'm right. We go through the McDonald's line and, 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 and we had to wait 
And they tell us to pull up in slot one. They'll be right with us. And then six cars drive off. And we get all bent out of shape. We get to the car on Sunday morning. We're heading in a certain direction. And we ask our wife, check your phone to make sure we're going in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, the phone says, make a U-turn. And so you make a U-turn when you knew you were right. You were heading in the right direction. But your wife's phone, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just talking about it. I don't, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And so all of a sudden in the car, it's like, it's like 007. There's this window that comes up between you. And the Holy Ghost lifts out of that car. Then you have to apologize because you had an attitude about her phone and her voice that's telling you just sit here and wait a minute. It's trying to catch up. And you get on your phone and all of a sudden your phone gives you the right direction. But she says, just wait on my phone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And before long, before long, you can decide all of a sudden that that phone's just like your, never mind. We build walls. I'm going to speak to you this morning. I need nine men to stand up right now. I need nine men to stand up. Come up here. Come up here. Thank you, men. Come help me. Come on. Jason, I want you to come. Is that Jason? Is he back there? Jason, I want you to come. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Jason, you another Jason? You Jason too? Okay. Come here. I met him earlier. Come here, nine men. That's not enough. Last time I checked, one, two, three, four, five. That's five. We're four short. We're four. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I need nine men. Make, make, make a semicircle around me right here. Come up closer. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Promise. Horseshoe. Horseshoe. Thank you. Semicircle. Horseshoe. I'm in Illinois. Horseshoe. Break it down. Semicircle. Here we go. I got nine men. One more. One more. One more. One more man. There's no more men in the room. Okay. Ah, there we go. Okay, come on. I'll take all of you. I'll take all of you. I got more than nine. I love it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody else started to get up. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, y'all back up just a little bit. Perfect, right there. Okay, now I want y'all, want you, want y'all, thank you, sir, for helping me. I want y'all to lock arms. Okay? Uh, I, I'm OCD. Come over here. Look at each other and say, I got you. Say, I got you. I love it. Got a Cubs fan. Oh, that's why he wanted to be up here. Who are you for? Are you for Cubs or St. Louis? What a man. What a pastor. Man, I'll lead you. I'll lead you where you are. Anyway, okay. Depends on who's winning. I want you guys to do this. I want you to just really bow up now. There you go. I want you to suck it in. <laughs> now relax. I wonder if I ask Pastor Rick to start back there at that door and break through that wall if he could. Pastor Rick, I want you to join me. <laughs> Would you help me? Yeah, you with the hair. Yeah. You, you come here. You with the other hair. Come here. Come here. It's okay. I just need y'all to move the pulpit. Okay, just move the pulpit. I just put it over here. Or put it back there out of the way. It won't matter. Move the pulpit. Thank you. Just move it back there out of the way. Just be out of the way. I think that's where they keep it. Okay, Pastor Rick, I want you to, I want you to stand right there on that, that little black thing. And I want, I want you to tell everybody, I want, you to, I want you to say as loud as you can, say, I'm a wall tear downer. I'm a wall tear downer. Say, say, I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. Say, my name's Big John. <laughs> <laughs> say, I'm a wall tear downer. <laughs> I'm a wall tear down. Look at those guys. Say, I can get through you. I can get through you. <laughs> it won't be pretty. <laughs> I want you men to know this. From the outside, you're a great wall. Okay? But I'm going to ask you to do something for your pastor. And I want you to know that I believe every one of you would have his back along with every man in this auditorium. Okay? But I'm going to tell you what, he doesn't need you to stand like this. Okay? I want you to get on your knees. And I want you to raise your hands. 
I want you to say, Pastor, we're going to tear a wall down. I want you all to say, Pastor, we're going to tear the walls down. Say, we're going to tear the walls down. And we're getting down where it starts. By the name of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony. And say, our God is able. Would the church give these men a great big hand of worship and a great big hand of praise? Would you stand with me today? We always stand taller when we kneel. And that's how you tear down walls. At the end of the day, when we stand before God, people won't care about our bank accounts and we won't be measured by how famous we were. But we'll look around to see, did we manage in this life to get anybody there? When you stand before the throne of God and you begin to look around you to see if there's anybody saying thank you for giving to the Lord. Because I was in a mess and you weren't afraid to come after me. I built a wall, but you tore it down to get to me. I tried to keep you out, but you wouldn't let me. That's what God is going to be looking for. I've often prayed and asked myself and asked God, I don't want my life, I just don't want to just go through it. I want it to count for something. I don't know how long I get here, but God, I want to make a difference while I'm here. Let me be responsible for someone making heaven their home because I introduced them to my father. I had a next door neighbor, his name was Greg and we grew up and you've heard me talk about Greg before. His dad was an alcoholic when he'd get to drink. He was a good guy, but man, when he'd get to drinking, I'd watch Greg on more than one occasion run to get away from him. I watched him grab him one day and start trying to hit him with his fist, and Greg was struggling to be free from him. And we were going on vacation, and my dad let me invite Greg to go on vacation with us. We went and spent a week on the backwaters of the Mississippi River fishing. And I remember during that event, Greg looked at me and he said, I wish your dad was my dad. Do you ever want someone just to love you? Someone not to criticize you? Someone that would just reach out to you when you were hurting and say, it's going to be okay. When you were fearful to calm your fears and when you didn't know which way to go to give you direction. I've got some good news for you today. That's my daddy. <laughs> and he wants to invite you to be a part of this family. Everybody say, I want to be a part. I want to be a part. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do today. If you're in this building and you've, hey, I thank God 
for those last week that responded in an instant, that made up their mind that I'm going to make a commitment and they came, some of those folks came running to the baptistry. I had a young man tell me, he said, I felt like if I didn't get in that baptistry, I was going to fall dead where I was. He said, I was, somebody else said, someone told him they were going to blow up. I know what that feels like. I know what it's like when all of a sudden the presence of God is dealing with your heart in such a way that you've got to respond. And so this is what I'm asking you to do today in here. This church has existed for 99 years. I think I'm either the sixth or, is it six? I'm, I'm the sixth pastor in 99 years. Do you understand how remarkable that is? That, that testifies to a group of people that said, we're going to hang together. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to hang together. And we're going to take some walls down in the process. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do today. What, a lot of times what we forget is we think we're the only ones that are in these services. But I get reports all the time from people that are listening on the radio and that are watching on the internet. And I've had people call and the, the church, I've had them FaceTime, I've had them text and talk about how much it made a difference in their life. And I just believe today that Pastor George's message is not just for us, but it's for others that are listening and that are watching. And I wonder if you join me right now, if you've never said yes to him, you can do that right now. It's not complicated. We make it, we, okay, <laughs> jump through this hoop, jump through that hoop. That's it's about saying yes to him. And then at some point on their drive here, somebody had to make the decision, I'm going the wrong way. That's all it took. It's amazing to me how we insist on continually to go the wrong way. But all it took was somebody to say, we're going the wrong way. And because they turned around, lives were blessed. Do you know the same thing will happen with you? When you make up your mind, I'm going the wrong way. And I'm going to turn around. It's not just your life that's going to be blessed but you're going to have an impact on countless lives that are going to look at what God has done for you and you're going to help them find the right way too. Are you? Let's give them a praise for it. So I wonder today if you just stretch your hands to heaven with me. We're going to pray this prayer together. As we pray this, I want you to look, if you haven't done this for yourself, don't make it complicated. It's just about saying, here I am, God. Forgive me. Save me. I want to turn around. And I promise you that if you pray that prayer, he's faithful to take your life and change it completely. Turn it completely around. Are you ready? Would you pray this prayer with me out loud? It's, we're believing for those of you that are praying this for the first time in here and for those that are listening that will be praying it for the first time in their lives. Dear Lord, I'm asking you to tear the walls down in my life. Those walls that I've built to keep you out I'm asking you to remove them because I want you to come in. I turn from my past and I say, forgive me.
And I thank you today because I know in this moment you've apprehended my life and changed me forever. I receive you now as the Lord of my life and I say thank you Jesus I love you Lord come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house today we're going to ask the ushers to come we're going to receive a special offering from Pastor George Lee as they come quickly I just want to share this with you and I, I wondered whether I should do this but last week the Lord spoke to me when th this service was going on, and I felt God say, all right, I'd been praying for some things, and I felt God say to me, this is, it, it's not coming. I've set it in motion. It's, it's happening now. I got a call yesterday from a young man. He said, look, he said, I was praying. He said, the Lord brought you to me and he said that I saw you praying and he said you were crying out to God how long and he said then I saw Jesus stand up and clap his hands and he said when he clapped his hands he said it's I've set it in motion and he said that all of a sudden flowers started blooming all around and that resonated with me because he said, when he said, I have set it in motion, it confirmed what he had spoke to me. I'm telling you, get ready for God to use you. Everybody say, God's going to use me. This isn't about God, okay, God's going to use this one and God's going to use that one. God use our pastor. This is about God using you. Turn around and look at the person standing next to you just a second, if you would, and just say this, God's getting ready to use me. Well, look at him. If you believe that, say it to him. God's getting ready to use me. He's going to use you in ways you've never been used before. Are you ready for it? Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Father, we thank you for your love for this service. Ask your blessing over this offering as we sow a seed, God, into the lives of George and Karen Glass, I know that you're going to multiply it back as a harvest for us. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. He holds all authority. Living in sickness bow their knee. There is none like you. You are worthy. Seated in the highest place. Name above all other names. Jesus, you I want us to pray for a couple that were in a car. It was a motorcycle accident. Was it yesterday? There was a young lady. What was her name? Her name is Teresa Baird. His name was Joe Baird. They were hit head on by a driver passing in a no passing zone and killed. She was killed and they don't know if he's going to live. They don't expect him. I'd like for this church to stand up and pray for this couple, pray for their souls, because I'm not sure if, how close they were to Jesus. I don't know if they accepted him in their lives and everything, but still with your word, Joe is still here that we can get God to accept him and to bless him and to heal him. Amen. Let's stretch our hands to heaven right now. Father, we ask you, Lord, for Joe. God, for the families that are connected, God, apprehend his heart and his life. 
let him be able to communicate with you right now god i pray father that you apprehend him god bring a miracle into this man's life father lord save his soul god we pray for a restoration of his body but god more importantly for the salvation of his soul god touch them now we ask lord do what only you can do you're the great physician and we give you praise for it right now in jesus name amen amen come on and give my hand clap for praise you Bow the knee. The Lord is with the night.